Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by Campaign US. For more podcasts, visit us at campaignlive.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special podcast. My name is Steve Barrett. I'm the editorial director of Campaign and PR Week. Really delighted to be aboard a yacht with Josh Budd, who's the chief creative officer at Citizen Relations, and Jamie Pessier, who is VP Global Creative and Brand Engagement at Little Caesars. Josh and Jamie, welcome to this podcast. Great to be here with you. Thank you for having us, Steve. Yes, welcome. Now, we're going to talk about Time to Kill the Precious big idea and make room for co-creation, Josh. Are you dissing my colleague, David Ogilvy, advertising legend, creator of the big idea? Set this up for us. Set this topic up for us. No, no. Okay. With all due respect to David Ogilvy, um, I think that I'm going to put this to, to Jamie and to the, I guess to you as well, Steve, that this notion of a big idea, while you know, undeniable in the sense of telegraphing expectations comes with a shadow side of a lot of pressure and perhaps does not set up the relationship for proper collaboration. Um, You know, coming from the agency side, I find when you brief in a big idea, you know, the team kind of like, you can see like on their face, there's a bit of, oh my gosh, you know, the expectations are quite high. They clear their evenings and weekends. They miss their grandmother's birthday. And then when they present the, the idea back, even to the internal agency, there's a protectiveness uh, around the idea. And I think that protectiveness continues to kind of telegraph as we present it to a client. And then perhaps, you know, and and you'll tell me whether that continues on your side of town as you're passing it through uh, um, from approvals on your side. So I want to propose that this notion of a big idea is actually potentially harmful to our collaborative process. And perhaps there's another way of thinking about it. Well, it's definitely an interesting thought, right? Because I do think, I agree with you that the pressure of a big idea can um, hinder creativity a lot of times. It's also an interesting thought now as we're moving into a bunch of different media, right? And not just a television big idea, how it can expand across the different um, executions. Um, so it's really important, I think, to, to think about it as inspiring people versus shutting them down. And I, there is a time, I think, where a big idea, the notion and the language of a big idea can do that. Because we've all grown up, we've, we've all watched Mad Men, we've all seen Don Draper in the room, haven't we? He comes in, comes yeah. up with his nugget of brilliance and that, that's it, everything's solved. I doubt it was ever quite like that, but it was, it's good drama. How does it work nowadays? I'm interested in Jamie's point there about the different media. Is this partly a function of the way you're communicating brand narratives now that it's, it's very different? It's not just print, TV and a bit of radio. It's much more nuanced. You've got to be a bit more agile. You've got to be able to flip and especially in a business like Little Caesars. Yeah. So we, I mean, we're at the speed of whatever the market is, right? So whatever's happening in the QS market, we have to be um, uh, on top of. And so taking the time to come up with large campaigns that last a year isn't, isn't what we're trying to achieve. So we want a narrative that controls controls the year, but we're in like an eight week cycle of campaigns. And so if it takes that long to come up with a big idea, then we've moved on to the next thing and we never really made it, made it there. So I'm working with in-house and agency creative departments at the same time to come up with some sort of an idea that can be spread across all mediums at different points and at different timeframes. So I can't wait for a TV idea to control an in-store POP idea. So having some sort of underlying seed of an idea that can be grown and matured throughout different types of media at the same time or at very different times is really what makes 
the creative process and the idea work as strong as it can for us and our brand. And how does that co-creation work, Josh, from your point of view? Well, actually, I like Jamie's notion of a seed of an idea. I think that's a that's an interesting way to think about it because as a you know a creative person, if I if my expectation from my my client partner is to come up with something not small in its um, ambition, but that seemingly, you know, as a seed, it's like it's meant to grow. So if I bring something to the table that I know the intent of the engagement is not to sell you on it, it's, in, it's to bring you in and we co-create it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to your point about different channels and partner agencies and, you know, um, working with them, that can telegraph to if you brief in this idea, you're not so precious about making sure everyone gets a bang on and they understand your vision and all of that kind of crap we tell ourselves. But it allows for um, things to grow and things to change and hopefully manifest best in those channels. So if we bring that type of notion forward to your point, what it looks like in in in-store versus on TV versus in social, it all comes from that same seed, but it can manifest in the best um, possible kind of creative execution for that channel, which seems a lot healthier and, and probably more efficient as well. Now, Josh, you, you're chief creative officer at, at Citizen Relations, which you know historically is a PR agency. Now, that role wouldn't maybe even have existed maybe a decade or two ago. So, and 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 you would have mainly been about earned media, but now the PR's gone way beyond that. Now you're probably doing loads of paid, especially digital stuff. So, talk to us about that. What's the role of the chief creative officer in that traditional, formerly traditional PR environment, and how has that changed? And maybe you've got that agility that comes with the PR mindset that that is required for this new uh, era of creativity? Well, I mean, you're bang on in the sense that this role did not exist 10 years ago or in in our organization three years ago, to be perfectly honest. But I mean, the writing is on the wall in terms of um, how ideas are starting to come to life. And, you know, in my previous role, I was in the more traditional kind of creative led agency. But all the briefs everyone was getting excited about, it wasn't the 30 second spot or kind of the, the big campaign as much as it was that kind of smaller, nimble, how do we break into culture? How do we, you know, we've all used the term, how do we punch above our weight from a budget standpoint? Um, and so, you know, it became really at the end of the day, these are PR briefs, these are earned first briefs. Um, and at Citizen, you know, it, it is a, a PR agency, I guess, by traditional definition. But I think that that definition is being challenged each and every day. And we welcome that, to be honest, because it, it gives us more room to play and it gives us um, more opportunity to impact the client's business. Yeah. And Jamie, from your point of view, we're in Cannes. We've got lots of different categories, you know, awarded. Are those categories almost becoming a little bit redundant because everything is mixed up and integrated? And how does that impact the type of firms that you work with and what sort of input you need from your third party partners. Right. I mean, I there's definitely crossover in all in all of the the awards and the work that's being done here because one one type of work influences another and then to divide it all up into these categories sometimes can be a little um, limiting, I think. But when we like when you're talking about the co-collaboration and the idea, we have not only internal agency, like I said, we have external advertising agency, we have a PR firm, we have um, global agencies all working towards an a execution or an idea 
to globally launch a product from time to time. And so there's a lot of people at the table trying to make decisions and coming up with ideas. So um, the co-creation, I think, is really, really important because it helps us be able to maintain the brand in the right way if we're all working towards making sure the brand is in the right light, in the right tone, we're hitting on the brief. Um, and then it gives everybody an opportunity to kind of take their little bit of a spin and make sure something works in the U.S. versus Canada versus Mexico um, in mm. the way it needs to in that culture. How do you make that co-creation work with the different agencies? Is it more useful to have them in the same holding company or do you actually want that tension, maybe a little bit of you know, edginess that might creep in? And how do you make that co-creation work without it getting sort of, without friction coming in and ruining the process? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not all in the same holding company. Um, so it, uh, there is a little bit of friction from time to time, but we've made sure that we are, especially with our media team and our agency, making sure that they are working collaboratively. There's an open door. They can talk to each other without getting us involved, right? So they need to come to us with ideas together versus separate. And that did take some time to make sure that that, that relationship worked well. Um, but I think we're in a pretty good groove now and we're liking where that's going. Yeah, because you don't want to end up spending all your time managing the agency's relationships. Do right. You? And Josh, you probably have both examples where you're working with your holding company partners, but also where you're working with other agencies. How's, how's the dynamic differ or is it all about the people involved and just getting a good, productive, creative environment? Yeah, I mean, we we run the gamut from working within our hold co, working outside our hold co and working independently without any other agencies at the table. And not to put it all on you, Jamie, but it does kind of come down to the mandate the client sets and the, the tone they set. Um, some clients embrace the competitiveness um, and that you know agencies will engage a certain way and some clients are exactly the opposite and they say you are one team I expect this from you this is not about who wins and who loses we win and lose together and that sets a very different tone as well right is there a right or wrong way or can they both work I don't know if we have the same answers to that. <laughs> I definitely think there's a right and a wrong way. Uh, how about you? I want to inspire the teams to create the best work. And I think it really depends on who the team is, to your point, who's who's leading the charge, and um, how do you bring all those teams together. So I don't have a strong opinion on right or wrong way, to be honest, as long as I'm doing what I can as a client to make sure that I'm inspiring and I'm doing bringing my part to the table so that I'm giving the opportunity for everybody to create the best possible work. I'm big on sports analogies as my team will roll their eyes. And it kind of is like if you're on a basketball team and you're trying to win, sure, but one player is always trying to get their stats. They're always trying to make sure they get their rebound. The focus is not on working as a team. And I kind of feel like it's a kind of the same thing when an agency partnership. If you're not all focused on delivering amazing work for your clients and kind of having fun doing it and respectful, interesting work, um, in the back of your mind, you're always trying to like take a little bit of someone else's lunch. You're just not really fully focused on what you should be focused on. That's a good point. So the I think what was really important in all that is trust, right? And trusting your partners that they're going to have your best interest in mind, that they're not going to start fighting for their piece of the pie versus what the core of the idea is and fighting for the best deliverables for the client. Um, so I think you have to trust and like the people you're working with to make sure that that, that relationship is really working the way it should. I like your sports analogies. I mean, uh, my team has got the best foot soccer player in the world, Ronaldo, but it's the worst team it's been for 20 years. Because, <laughs> and partly because he's, you know, he's scoring, he's playing as an individual, not in a team. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for some sports analogies. Um, Jamie, give us some 
specifics on you know things that worked really well in that co-creation mindset you know give us some actual examples from little caesars that really really worked you know both creatively and from a business point of view yeah so we actually just launched a movie promotion with batman right and that was our first global promotion so we had to bring people to the table from all over the world to make sure that this was a successful campaign for us um so the co-creation uh really started with uh a seed of an idea, Josh, I'm going to give you the credit for that, right? Which is uh, that um, everybody wants to be a hero, right? So bringing home the pizza, the Batman calzone from Little Caesars makes everybody feel like a hero for their family. And then we took that hero idea and laid it across all different types of mediums. And what does that do and mean for each country? And so it started with a TikTok idea, Right, where we did a casting call for how are you? How do you live up to being the Batman in your everyday life? How are you the hero in your family's life? Um, and did a casting call through that. And that's what started the entire campaign into going across the world and really paying off that you're the hero when you bring pizza home. And in doing that, um, are you needing, well, Josh, maybe to ask you this one. In, do you need a different type of creative or person in the agency to work across TikTok and platforms like that, the different mindset? Um, Does it need to be a young person who really gets that medium or do you have a mix of people? How do you put a team together that's going to work? Oh, I don't don't think it has to be a a young person, but I definitely think you need someone who understands the... I guess the limitations, but also the potential of each platform. And I mean, to, again, no disrespect to David Ogilvy, but the channels that he had to execute in, uh, you could count on one hand, if not a few fingers. And now, I mean, it it seems like every day, and and Can's a great example of that, where there's a new channel um, either on the horizon that you need to think about or that you're just trying to get up to speed with. So it, it really behooves, you know, an agency to make sure you have that diversity of expertise at the table because no one's going to know everything like you know it's just not it's not realistic to expect that so bringing different expertise to the table who understand the role of their channel but also how that role that channel integrates within the larger picture is pretty key and we we see that in can right with amazon with spotify with uh, pinterest snap all got big installations selling meta google selling their advertising business so where do you think this is going? Because there's all these new platforms emerging. Does it make it more confusing or is it just more exciting and more more opportunities? I think the uh, official answer <laughs> is more exciting. I think the unofficial answer is um, a bit confusing. A bit confusing because I think there there is like an inferred obligation to be everywhere and to quote unquote keep up with whether your competitors or what the, the market is doing. But I think that those who like stay laser focused on their objectives don't necessarily have to show up everywhere all the time. So it is a little confusing and I think it will continue to be more confusing, which is why working with smart people uh, who you trust, to Jamie's point, is is super key. Yeah, Jamie, media planning is much more complicated, isn't it? So do you need a different mentality there? Is it has it shaken up the media agency business? They can't just sort of book the pre-book all the TV and, you know, print space and radio and just farm it out to clients. They've got to be, they've got to work a bit more nimbly and, and uh, differently for their money. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we've traditionally been all television advertising at Little Caesars. And so we made a huge investment and a shift in our media dollars um, to be more digital and to be across the different platforms. And so we're still in the testing phase of that, of which one of it, which one is working the best and how do we move, you know, move that around to really get to where our 
sweet spot is. Um, but that shift in um, media dollars has really changed and impacted our business in a really positive way in the last few years. So listen, we're at the Cannes Festival of Creativity. The idea creation is the coveted sort of credit to get on the on the lions. What are you? What? Why is Cannes important? Why? Why is it important to be here? What have you seen? I know it's early-ish in the week, but have you seen anything so far? Any trends? Or th- th- do you come? Do you, are you feeling inspired? I mean, is it? it feel, you always go away pretty tired, but but usually inspired. <laughs> how, how do you? How are you viewing it, Jane? Yeah, I mean, this is my first time here, and I think it's an amazing event. It's definitely. Um, for me, it's been inspiration and picking up on um, a little bit of nuggets from every different presentation I hear or the creative I see. And how am I going to bring that back to the team and making sure that uh, that I use that information to inspire them to create even better work? So for me, it's uh, it, it's definitely the inspiration part that I think is the most effective. How about you, Josh? Well, uh, I'm not sure I can look down the barrel of the camera and say can is important. But I will say that benchmarking is important, and I think that's what that's what we do here. And if you're going to take the time and the investment to come down, you should make it important. And so, you know, immersing yourself in the work, immersing yourself in you know the the changing benchmark, and then networking with people that either you know and are kind of seeing again, or people that you respect and have seen around, and just gaining that knowledge. Like I've been here three days, and I've learned I've learned so much. Just kind of talking to people on the side of the road or like in the lunch line in the in the jury room. So I think that type of like, especially coming out of the pandemic, that type of face-to-face organic interaction is important. And the chance to, at the end of the day, like celebrate the, the time and effort. And like, you know, I, I made the joke before about like missing your Nana's birthday, but like there's a lot of that in this business. So the chance to celebrate what we do, despite the fact that there's a lot of other things going on in the world, I think is something that we, we do need to kind of celebrate while we're here. Yeah. That's a good point you made, Dan, just to finish up. Talk, have we got a bit of a different mentality after the pandemic? We've heard about the great resignation. We know talent's always been a talent people business. Have you, how are you adapting to make sure your talent is, you know, the mental health is okay and that they they can survive and be and, and be productive, but also you know they can they can deal with all the personal stuff that that everybody's dealing with and has done over the past couple of years. Well, I mean, I've said this before, and I, I feel like I'm really fortunate. I I've never worked at I've worked at a lot of great places that have been you know very kind to their staff, but I haven't worked at a place that is so focused on uh, the well-being of their of their talent before. And uh, it really shows in internal engagement scores and things like that. But um, it, it's interesting. It, it is a different shift. And, you know, creative does have a bit of a, a bad rap of, like, burning people and, um, you know, just putting them, bringing them back to the well idea after idea after idea. And uh, that's certainly not the approach that we take. I mean, we have a standard, but we also understand that um, sometimes, like, really good is good enough. So I think that perhaps having gone through that as a as a society has kind of recalibrated like in our minds how we approach people when to push because not everything needs to be kind of like you know foot on the gas in the same way so I think it, it kind of refreshed a perspective in terms of like balancing what's important professionally what's important personally and and just making sure that um you know you're focused on the objective of the task and not just like you know, blazing forward at all costs. Jamie, last word to you. How do you, you're in a fast moving business, you know, it's quick, quick service. How do you make sure that it's sustainable for your teams and everybody involved? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really just taking care of your people, right? And making sure that, that you're supporting them in the best way because the work moves fast and there's a lot of work coming through. And it's all right now, it's like all at the same time, right? Um, and so, but it's important and it's important to the business. So I just make sure that I uh, support them in the right way. We have conversations, we talk about things. Um, my door is always open to them. Looking at the, the next few months, I'm trying to find different ways to inspire them. So bringing in different speakers, engagement, getting face-to-face time, I think is really important to help that, uh, that creativity and that work get even stronger. And a bit of pizza always helps. Pizza always helps because it's delicious and it makes everybody smile. It does. That's true. That's a great place to end, Josh. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, thanks for being part of this special podcast in uh, conjunction with Plus Company Campaign and PR Week. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. Thank you.